0: and welcome to this segment. My name is Buddy Shula. Appreciate you listening to the uh, show today. And we are here with P.B. Elder Law, which is located at uh, 455 Cayuga, right by the airport in Um You can go to their website at pbelderlaw.com. We're here with Dan Schuler and we're going to talk about Medicaid 101 because so many people confuse I think Medicaid and Medicare and all these things so we're going to stick to Medicaid right now and talk to Dan about this because uh, they are very knowledgeable when it comes to this kind of stuff as you know they uh, do specialize in elder law so welcome to the uh, welcome to the show Dan
1: Hey, buddy! Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Okay, so let's just start with it with an easy question, but it's not so easy because not a lot of people know it. What is Medicaid?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way to start. So, just to you know alleviate any confusion, Medicare is your insurance that you get when you're sixty five <clears throat> through your Social Security, and that assists with payment of rehab should you have a hospitalization and then need recovery thereafter rehabilitation. um, And it also assists with payment of prescription drug plans um, or prescription drug costs, I should say. Medicaid, on the other hand, is a government-based insurance eligibility program that assists with payment of nursing home bills, uh, as there's only three ways a nursing home gets paid. Should you require long-term care at a nursing home, you either have to private pay, which most people can't afford to private pay, 15 to $19,000 a month, You have long term care insurance, which is an insurance policy you pay uh, or that you purchase, which assists with payment of nursing home costs should you require to go to a nursing home. But most people don't have long term care insurance by the time they think to get it, it's too expensive or they don't qualify for a medical reason. So the third most common way to assist with payment of a nursing home is Medicaid, uh, which, again, is an eligibility based program that we're going to talk about today.
0: Okay, you can call PB Elder Law at 204-1055. That's 716-204-1055. We are here with Dan Schuler from PB Elder Law. Go on their website as well for all kinds of great information uh, concerning elder law, pbelderlaw.com. So does Medicaid have a look-back period? We always hear about that period. Uh, Can you explain that to us? Sure, so
1: if you are applying for Medicaid, for assistance with payment of nursing home bills, which is different than being in the community. So today we're just focusing on the nursing home. There is a five year look back and the look back starts from the date that you apply for Medicaid. It looks back five years. The point being that Medicaid does not allow you for purposes of helping yourself qualify to just give away the money and access of what you're allowed to have The day before you go in and then say hey i now meet the eligibility requirements and apply for medicaid so what they do is they look back five years and they analyze every asset that the spouse and the applicant or if it's just a single individual the applicant had effectively they act as forensic accountants and they are making sure that you are not the applicant or the spouse giving away or spending your assets on third parties in an effort to qualify yourself
0: so, so, so it's, it's, kind, of like year, it's back, kind of like an audit it's looking at it. so it's kind of like an audit of the past five years
1: effectively that that's a good way to put it yep they're, they're going to look at every account for the last five years monthly account statements every transaction and they're going to want to see what you've been doing with your resources to make sure you're not depleting them on third parties in an effort to help qualify yourself
0: I see. I see. So that's why that five years. So what, what, when does this normally start? Okay. When is the, um, what is, when does somebody start this process? Is it when they're 65 and they look back to the 60 years old or is it 70 and they look back to uh, 65? What, what is usually this, this window of five years?
1: Well, it's, it's five years from the date you apply. So, okay. so obviously everyone's circumstances are different. There, there may be circumstances where you have someone who's younger, uh, who has uh, a dementia diagnosis and, and has to go to a facility that's maybe 50. And now we're looking back five years from when they applied. So we'd be looking between the ages of 45 and 50. Typically, what you're seeing with, with a, a nursing home situation is, you know, we're looking at the more of the elderly population. 65 and up is generally where I would see, you would start to see um, your nursing home residents type of, you know, typical age, I would say. So the the only way that you get assets outside of a five year look back is to get them out of your name, either through the use of a trust, which should be coordinated through an attorney or other planning mechanisms more than five years before you apply for Medicaid.
0: Okay, so so basically you just kind of answered the question that is is a person and their spouse and or their spouse able to keep any of the income and assets and still qualify for Medicaid?
1: Yeah. So a, an applicant, the person who's going into the facility is allowed to keep $50 a month of their own income and they can pay their health insurance premium. And they are allowed to keep $16,800 in non-qualified assets. What I mean by non-qualified is any asset that is not a 401k, an IRA, a 403b, uh 457 deferred comp plan, or any other type of true retirement account along those lines. Retirement accounts under the Medicaid law have special protection. In that, let's say you have a $500,000 401k. The applicant can keep the 401k so long as they're receiving the income from that account. And typically, the income is otherwise known as a required minimum distribution. Once you hit a certain age, currently 72, you have to start drawing on that account. So, so long as the applicant is receiving that required minimum distribution, they can keep the retirement account. And the nice part about that is when the applicant passes away someday, whatever's left in the retirement account passes free and clear to the named beneficiaries. There's not a Medicaid recovery on a a retirement account. So to to kind of summarize that, the applicant can keep $16,800, $50 a month in income, and they can keep their retirement accounts so long as they are in pay status. The community spouse, so the spouse living at home, can keep between $74,820 and $137,400. They can keep $3,435 a month in income. And they get the same treatment with respect to their retirement accounts so in addition if that spouse has a five hundred thousand dollars retirement account so long as they're receiving the income they don't have to spend down the retirement account they can also keep a house and a car of unlimited value
0: mm.
1: so the the obviously the community spouse gets to keep a little more because they need to survive in the community but there's still are strict eligibility requirements
0: so if you are enjoying our conversation with pb elder law and want to know more about Medicaid or anything in the elder law realm, I definitely suggest you give PB Elder Law a call at at 716-204-1055. That's 716-204-1055 with their office on Cayuga in Chictawaga, right around the airport on their website at pbelderlaw.com or here with Dan Schuler. So is there any advanced planning that can be done to protect the assets from Medicaid? When do people have to start thinking about this?
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. Obviously, this whole situation is a crystal ball because we're talking about someone's prospective health, and none of us have any with any real certainty um, what that looks like. But typically, what when we start to see clients approaching that asset protection discussion, they've retired or they're nearing retirement. They have a pretty good idea of what their assets are going to look like moving forward, what their income is going to look like, and they have a pretty good idea of where they want to live. Are they gonna stay local? Are they potentially talking about buying a house down south and doing snowbird scenario? Um, But the idea is with Medicaid planning, the one way that you can reduce your eligibility spend down is to look at the use of an irrevocable trust. And the concept is you're transferring assets out of your individual name to a trust that you have created But the assets that go into that trust are no longer available to you. So, for example, if I had a $100,000 savings account that I know I'm never going to spend, it's just sitting there, I could move the savings account into this trust so that it's now owned by the trust. The trade-off is, again, I'm giving up the right to take back that money for myself. But if that money is in the trust for five years before I apply for Medicaid, Medicaid can't make me spend down that account. That account has now been preserved for the beneficiaries of my trust. So with advanced estate planning, you can take a look at what it is you have and start deciding, okay, I don't, I'm never going to need this to live off of, even though I've accumulated it. I'd like to preserve it for my family, my kids, whomever. And you can start to move assets out of your name. And again, if they're out of your name for more than five years before you apply for Medicaid, they do not have to be spent down to qualify for Medicaid those assets are otherwise protected now for your beneficiaries.
0: Great conversation as we're uh, talking about uh, Medicaid 101, so to speak, with PB Elder Law. All right, so we've talked a lot about this. Um, One more question I I really have for you is to qualify for for Medicaid, say you have not done any of this advanced planning like people probably really should do, uh, but they haven't for some reason. but you have to go into a nursing home. What happens with this?
1: So there's what's called crisis planning. And one of the keys to being able to do crisis planning is having a power of attorney. In 2010, the power of attorney law changed from a two-page form to what's now about 13 or 14 pages. And in the new power of attorney, there's what's called crisis planning. And the concept is that if you don't do any of this advanced planning that we're talking about, But you have to go to a nursing home. There are legal tactics, legal planning mechanisms that can be put in place, even if you have one foot into the nursing home, that would allow us as lawyers to help the client save about 50% of those access resources for family members. So I'll I'll just give you a simple example. A single individual, again, can only have $16,800 to to qualify for Medicaid. Let's say the family comes to us and they have $216,800. Well, they're $200,000 in excess of what they're allowed to have. So if they do nothing, they simply pay the nursing home fifteen dollars to $19,000 a month until they get down to that eligibility number, which again is $16,800. With crisis planning, what we can do, however, is implement a plan that will save about 50% of that extra $200,000 for the family. The other 50% will get paid to the nursing home. So I I guess if the client is doing, prospective clients doing an analysis, the simple way to think about it is if I do the advanced plan and I get by the five-year look back, I can save 100% of the money I've put away into the trust. But worst case scenario as a fallback is if I don't do the advanced planning, I can still save about 50% of that excess money for my family. So the thing to take away is we always hear it's too late, It oftentimes is not too late. If a nursing home is on the horizon, you need to call your elder law attorney immediately so that they can discuss with you what options are on the table as far as asset protection.
0: And I got to tell you, Dan, I'm going to recommend they call PB Elder Law. Uh, You guys are are just a a great uh, group of attorneys uh, that really know your stuff when it comes to elder law and uh, the topic we're talking about today and Medicaid for estate planning, anything like that, you should be talking to PB Elder Law. 716-204-1055 is the number. Go to com for more information. Dan, it is always wonderful talking to you, and thanks for being on the uh, segment today.
1: I think I thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity. Bud.